Welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in to Rock Church's message. We are so excited that you are here today. We hope that you leave today encouraged and know that you are loved by God. That's probably my favorite song in the last year. Is when the oceans, when the oceans are turbulent in life, we have to trust God. Hard to trust. But the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 13, where we've been studying, that love always protects four things. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. If you would have told us last year at this time that certain people would have met someone and married them, they would have been shocked. Yesterday we had a wedding. Danny Paul married Aaron Adams. Aaron was driving by the church one day, and something said to him, you should go in there. There might be a girl in there. And if you really look at his life, you, you understand that Aaron uh, was a part of a home where his dad and birth mom had a relationship together and gave birth to this guy by the name of Aaron. As he went through his life, I'm sure he was searching and wondering who he was. And he found himself in the middle of some kind of identity crisis, I would call it, where he turned to a substance. He turned to, to pot. One of the guys in praise band this morning was saying that they knew him. They've known him for years, and he was a big pothead needing it all the time. But God, in his sovereignty, had a design for Aaron to walk in this building last year and on July 9th accept Jesus Christ as his Savior, the beginning of a new life. And then he met this girl, Danny, who put her little card on the cross a year ago. At the same time, Aaron was on his way to the church. She put her card on the cross for the biggest miracle that she could ask for, and it was, I want a husband. That was pretty blunt. And then she told me that she was positive that she should get that card off that cross before anyone saw it. But she didn't get it off the cross. There were too many cards on there, and she left it there. And guess what? About a week later, a couple times in a row, Aaron came to our college ministry at my house, and I actually said to him, would you like to date a girl? The rest is history. And they'll share that with you because that's the story of God's divine sovereignty. You are in the middle of what God has for you right now. You think you came to church today because you decided to come to church? Not hardly. God made you come. Yes, he did. God saw fit in your destiny to have you have an encounter with him, regardless of what you may think. You're not here by your will. You're here by God's will. You need to trust that. The problem with us as we go through life is that we don't always protect. Sometimes we think, I'm not protecting him. He made that mistake. He got himself into that rut. He can suffer the consequences. It doesn't always trust because trust requires 
an object to trust. It requires an object. It, it requires something that you actually put your trust in. When you don't trust, you can't hope. Because you don't need trust if everything is already figured out. And so God, who we should trust, is the one that sovereignly designs everything that happens, everything that happened even already this morning. Do you agree? Doesn't always persevere. Some people give up too soon. You've already given up on something that God has said, I don't want you to give up. You are going through this because I ordained that you should go through this. On the way to church this very morning, my wife and I were praying in the car after I finished rebuking them for making me late all the time. And my wife always is just good. She just goes right into prayer. Oh, Jesus, help us. <laughs> you, know, you know how that is? Prayer sometimes is just a cop-out for not wanting to deal with reality. So she started praying. And both of us have to acknowledge this. Some, some serious hurt has come into our lives in, in 43 years of ministry. It's not possible to deal with life for 43 years without having some sort of hurt and not be the pastor of a church and not experience some sort of hurt. But I wanted to say this morning. If we had never started Rock Church, I wouldn't know them. And they've changed, haven't you? Brittany and Ryan probably wouldn't be married. I don't know about lady and man right there. I married you since we started the church. And them, Ryan wouldn't be here in Savannah. And right here in the front of the church just once ago, they accepted Christ right here, and their lives have changed, haven't they? And I could just go down, I could go down the list of people who understand that God is sovereignly in control of everything. A year ago, we did not know my wife would have cancer. And she's here today. She's with me. She's healthy. She's free. And others, like your sister-in-law, Gail, had no idea that she was going to get cancer and be gone. You never know when a person is going to leave. You must always, always know that God is sovereignly in control of all things. And when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. When you can't trace his plan, trust that he is sovereignly in control of what is going on in your life. Otherwise, you will get so hurt and crushed that you can't get beyond it. Dwight L. Moody said this about trust. He said, trust in yourself and you're doomed to disappointment. Trust in your friends and they will die and leave you. Trust in money and you may have it taken from you. Trust in reputation and some slanderous tongue may blast it. But trust in God and you are never to be confounded in time or eternity, because God doesn't make mistakes, does he? No, he doesn't. 
He knew you'd be here today. He knew exactly what he was doing because he's God. See, the characteristics found in 1 Corinthians 13 are not about man. They're about God because man cannot possibly live up to all of those characteristics of love all of the time. But God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. He never gives up. We do. You have already given up on something that you say you've been praying for. You shouldn't give up. I've told numerous people that this week. Don't give up. You're on the verge of your miracle. Don't give up. You this morning are on the verge of your miracle that God wants to give to you. When you can't trace his hand, trust his plan. Always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. Always perseveres. There's one word that is there, always. It's always. Yeah, it's always. I wish I could say that even today I felt like everything in life is just dandy and great. Because the Bible says, be anxious for nothing but in prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God will flood you. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're pushing for something to happen and you want it done in your time, in your way, you're going to experience disappointment. Because God, God is saying this to someone in the room this morning. Hang on a little longer. Trust God. So I looked up what always actually meant in Webster's Dictionary. It is defined as at all times, forever, at any rate, no matter what. Yeah, and when you're busy on your cell phone, you know, you're dialed into your cell phone, because you can't go anywhere with every, without everybody being on their cell phones all the time. While you're busy on your cell phone, God is busy fulfilling his plan for your life. Are you listening for that? You came into the room today not by coincidence. God cares about you. Yeah, he does. He loves you. He loves me. He loves you. He loves you. You're hurting today. Something has happened that has caused great hurt in your life, and you don't actually know what to do with it. And maybe it's been there since childhood. I was stood right here underneath this arch yesterday with Aaron and Danny. And I looked at the faces of people, and I saw a lot of very, very sad people at the wedding. Like some of them never got over something that happened many years ago and has affected them all of these years. And they just can't get through it. They just can't get over. They can't believe that God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres on our behalf. Love endures. It's enduring. What's the definition of endurance? It is a, to maintain a belief or course of action in the face of opposition. Stand your ground, hold out, endure. Paul uses the word endurance. He speaks of it in 2 Timothy 2.10, for this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with it eternal glory. 
In Romans 12, he says, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another, and brotherly love give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Paul said that the reason why he went on and persevered as he was is he's not going to give up for the sake of those who are saints or who become saints. There's a wife in the room that's been praying for her husband for a long time. Don't give up. There's a husband in the room that's been praying for his wife a long time. Don't quit yet. Don't quit yet just because you can't trace his hand. He is working. He's God. He's always at work around you. Be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known. And this is the, this is the result of always praying and always trusting and always protecting and always persevering and always hoping you can't go wrong with God. Put God back in the scenario. You got a miracle you need recognize that God wants to perform it. It is you who is doing the hindering. It is. It's us. Well, I've been praying for two days now, and it hasn't happened. Be anxious for nothing. Why, why did you give up? Why have you given up? Paul didn't give up. He persevered. Not only do we, we want to live in the fast lane, there we do. We want to live in the fast lane. We're checking our watches all the time. Oh, my gosh. Got to get here. Let's just go through the McDonald's. Let's go to Taco Bell, even though it's raccoons that they're using in the meat. It's, it's stuff like that that you're eating. And you're de- you don't even care about what's in there as long as there's taco sauce with it. I'm, I'm dead serious. If you only took the time to think and think, you know, should I really be eating this? I mean, is this going to affect me down the road? We're always operating in the fast lane. We're cynical. We're cynical people. If you stop for a moment to think too much, you become real cynical. I don't know if I should be eating roadkill. You know, we're cynical. I wonder what's in this. Did you check the sodium count? My wife's on the sodium thing now. She's down to eating almost nothing. She, she doesn't want sodium and she doesn't want sugar then you've cut out most food groups. Seriously. It was funny because yesterday, little Honor and Mercy were so cute. They were in the wedding coming down the aisle. And my wife then, because they call us grandparents, she took them over there to that table. And Becky gave them some, what do you call those things? What? Fun fruits. Supposedly healthy because there's 1% of fruit in it. They can call it fruit. So she pulls out the fun fruits. And was it Mercy who said it? Mercy said, we don't want fun fruits. We asked for sour patch. We thought you were bringing us sour patch stuff. Really? That little sugar addiction was talking, wasn't it? Was, these don't have any sugar in them. They're all fruit. Fruit sucks. It's crazy. 
We're just addicted and cynical at that. We're always asking, somebody comes up to you and says, like you said the other day, Ryan, you got an envelope in the mail and you thought it was one of those fake things that we get all the time. It's like $10,000, all you have to do is sign it. Not realizing you just gave your home and your family away. He thought it was one of those and it was actually some kind of a check. A real check, wasn't it? Not $10,000. Now, I don't think that love is naive. I don't think that you just trust naively. Because love must always be directed by wisdom on one hand and discernment on the other. After we finish this um, journey through 1 Corinthians 13 next week, I want to spend the summer talking about wisdom because we all need wisdom. But you have to have wisdom. My wife and I were having a conversation in the car the other day. She said to me, I believe that you've taken a lot from a lot of people and you still love. Have to. What is the option? Stay with me. The option is bitterness. Hatred. Right, it is. It's bitterness about life in general. I'm not happy in life because you don't know what happened to me. You know what I saw yesterday at the wedding? The past no longer mattered. The future is different. July 9th last year, Aaron found Jesus Christ as a Savior, and now he doesn't need all the substances to make him happy. He's got the happy maker, Jesus, right? You even speak his name and there's power. Sometimes love says enough is enough, but it's also useful to remember that even in a court of law, the accused person is always innocent until proven guilty. Love says this, I'm willing to wait for the evidence to come in before making my decisions. I choose to give you the benefit of the doubt as long as there is reason to do so. But I absolutely refuse to lose hope. Somebody in the room has lost hope that your spouse can change, that your kids can change, that your financial situation can change that your addictive behavior can change. You've already lost hope because we as a society have gone from not you're innocent until you're proven guilty. We have gone to this, you're guilty until you're proven innocent. It's happening in our country right now. Let's impeach our president, even though there are no facts leading to collusion with the Russian government. And all of us know that's just something fabricated by those who didn't get their way. Oh, what if I had acted that way when Obama got in last year? By the way, I didn't follow the royal wedding yesterday because I think, ugh, who cares? Big, fat, hairy deal. No offense to all the women who loved it, but the preacher, the black preacher, because Megan is half black, the black preacher who spoke was amazing. They actually, the bride and groom actually sat down and listened to a sermon that was, let it rip, buddy. <laughs> Typical black style. Anybody hear him? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Jesus be praised. I get a little Pentecostal once in a while. I want to jump up and down and say, Jesus be praised. And visitors come in and go, what a kook. I don't care. I don't care what you think. There are times when you just got to say, Jesus be praised. If you weren't going through what you're going through, you wouldn't be able to know that God is in the middle of it. Yeah. 
When you can't understand where God's hand is, you got to know that you can trust his plan. You got it? I get blessed by new people that come here all the time. Dan, is that your name? Raise your hand. Or Patrick. Or Dan or Patrick. Yeah, you. Yeah. Is it Dan? Patrick. I knew it was. See, I was close. I'm not getting dementia. Other things, maybe, but not dementia. <laughs> Dan was at men's Bible study last Monday night, and he came. Uh, Dan Patrick was at men's Bible study. <laughs> My wife was the first one to laugh always. She's over there, oh, God, help me. I sweat through that whole thing. <laughs> she knows her husband's a little loony. Anyway, Patrick. I only picked two names, and I got, that was 50% right. <laughs> Patrick was at man's Bible study and was sharing that his dad is a pastor, but it's your foster dad, isn't it? Yes. And I went home and told my wife, we fostered kids. Whew, is that hard. You know why? Because you fall in love with them. Guarantee you, his dad, the pastor, prayed a lot for him. Thank God for foster parents. Thank God for parents who adopt. Thank God for people who are gracious. That even when they think we've messed up, they still love us, right? Thank God for all of that. Because we live in a world that says you're guilty until you prove that you're innocent. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now, i got to hurry up today because I asked my staff... You know, am I preaching too long? And they said, yes. <clears throat> so I went into a deep, deep depression. When I couldn't trace God's hand, I have to trust his plan that they still love me. <laughs> and it was seven minutes after when we started the service. So counting minutes. See, what I go by is the Bortle meter. It's the meter that determines whether you're bored yet or not. You're doing pretty good so far. The people in the back that I can't see that are sleeping that I don't, well, I'm not sure of, okay? So, there's so much cynicism in us today. Cynicism kills trust. So, cynicism is an attitude or state of mind characterized by a general distrust of others' motives. In his book, Please Don't Squeeze the Christian, Scott Sanuro reflects on the danger of cynicism, especially in the life of believers who claim a living hope. He writes this, cynicism is sort of like frostbite. The only system is a deadening numbness. And even Christians who often tinge with this frostbite find ourselves leaving the triumphant lyrics of the old hymns on the church doorstep because they appear hopelessly out of step with the world waiting outside. Our problem is not that we've been taught to question our faith, but rather that we've been taught to reject any answers. Doubt can be a state of mind or it can be a way of life. You have come in the room greatly disappointed by something. And in your eyes, things that need to happen are not happening fast enough, furious enough. So you're mad. 
Cynicism comes out of numbness that's like frostbite that just makes you not feel anymore. It happens in marriages. It happens in relationships in life. It just happens. How many men have given up because they've been nagged so much by their wife they can't stand it anymore? They're numb. Whereas if maybe she would change her approach, things would change. I know you think I'm talking about you, and I am. Is that not profound? You think I'm talking about you, and I am. Because if the shoe fits, wear it, right? Have you been cynical? Did you think that the day would never come that your wife would sit next to you in church? Did you think that the day would never come that your kids would literally turn around in their life and do something with their life? Could you believe that your son, Jeff, would drive by this church one day and feel a compelling spirit to go in there and get saved and marry this wonderful girl called Danny Paul? Could you have ever believed that even a year ago? Probably, yeah. My faith has found a resting place. Not in device or creed. Not in any argument. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me because when he hung on the cross, he took it all. You are no longer guilty of anything. He was guilty on the cross for you. Let it go. Stop beating your spouse into the ground because somehow he disappointed you. And I will guarantee you, you ought to take introspection yourself and realize you've disappointed him too. He's not guilty until proven innocent. He's innocent until proven guilty. Stop questioning their motives. God allowed this for some reason. Did he not? One person. Wow, that's overwhelming support. Isn't it? A cynic may have a general lack of faith or hope in the human species or people motivated by ambition, desire, greed, gratification. Did you know I was reading this week about cynicism? And it's a fact that they said they did testing on children to see when it was that they became cynical and could not trust others around them. By second grade, children had become cynical. By second grade, cynicism was embedded inside of them. Don't trust that little kid over there. He's going to hurt you. Questioning everything all the time. Always questioning God. God is desirous of performing your miracle. You believe that or not? Do you or not? You got to believe or you can't receive when you can't trace his hand, trust his plan. God is the one that you can always trust. God is the one that always protects. God is the one that also gives you a reason to hope and persevere. He is the answer. Paul Miller, a praying life connecting with God in a distracting world, writes this. Cynicism is so pervasive that at times it suffocates our hearts. Weariness and fear leave us feeling overwhelmed, unable to move. Cynicism leaves us doubting, unable to dream. The combination shuts down our hearts when we just show up for life, going through the motions. Who in the world wants to go through the motions? So Monday night before men's Bible study last week, I met with 
Aaron and Danny Paul. Danny Paul came into my life about 10 years ago when I was at a different church pastoring, and she submitted to God and said she wanted to do ministry with her life. She wanted to turn her life completely around, and she stuck with it all these years. As the years went by and she saw other people getting married, she began to think she was never going to get married. She was positive that that was some kind of pipe dream. She had almost given up, and I said to her, you are not giving up. Do you want to be married? And she said, yes, and I said, then you will. Just honor God. When you can't trace his hand, trust his plan. When you can't trace his hand, trust his plan. And he knows how long it will take for you to trust his plan. Are you following me? Oh, yes, he does. He knows exactly how long it will take you to trust his plan when you can't trace his hand because you are literally blaspheming God when you say, this won't change and that can't change. I want to jump up and down because things are already happening in the room today. I'm positive. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, they are. They're already happening in the room. Someone is already changing. Someone is already thinking differently. Bury that negative attitude and believe that God has the best plan for you because he does. I didn't say it. He said it. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Yippee. Everybody scream. Okay, and the people that didn't scream go, this is so stupid I can't even stand it. Sounds like a pep rally. How can you not be at a pep rally when you understand... The greatness of God, right? Who keeps, who keeps saying yes over here? A few people. Are you saying yes because you've experienced that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Otherwise, you're going to be sad today. You're going to be mad or sad or saying, I can't trust God. Okay, so I want to show you this three-minute video. My wife says, maybe you should cut out all your illustrations. Then it wouldn't be me. Despicable me. You know the guy, Gru? Gru? <laughs> Let me smell. Let me smell. You did not. Put on your PJs. Turn it up. Okay, seriously. Seriously. This is this is bad advice. Time. Right now. I'm not kidding around. I mean it. But we're not tired. Well, I am tired. Will you read us a bedtime story? No. Pretty please. The physical appearance of the please makes no difference. It is still no. So go to sleep. But we can't. We're all hyper. And without a bedtime story, we'll just keep getting up and bugging you. All night long. Oh, fine. All right. All right. Sleepy kittens. Sleepy kittens. Cats what are, are these? Cursed. Puppets. You use them when you tell the story. Okay, let's get this over with. Three little kittens loved to play. They had fun in the sun all day. Then their mother came out and said, Time for kittens to go to bed. Wow, this is garbage. You actually like this? Keep reading. <sighs> Come on. All right, all right, all right, all right. Three little kittens started to bawl. Mommy, we're not tired at all. Their mother smiled and said with a purr, Fine. But at least you should brush your fur. Now you brush the fur. This is literature? A two-year-old could have written this. All right. Three little kittens with fur all brushed said, We can't sleep. We feel too rushed. Their mother replied with a voice like silk. 
fine, but at least you should drink your milk. Now make them drink the milk. Oh, I don't like this book. This is going on forever. Three little kittens with milk all gone rubbed their eyes and started to yawn. We can't sleep. We can't even try. Then their mother sang a lullaby. Good night, kittens. Close your eyes. Sleep in peace until you rise. Though while you sleep, we are apart. Your mommy loves you with all her heart. The end. Okay. Good night. Wait. What? What about good night kisses? No, no, no. There will be no kissing or hugging or kissing. He's not going to kiss us good night, Agnes. I like him. He's nice. But scary. Like Santa. We're always, always testing God, aren't we? We want to believe that God is good. We want to believe that we can trust God. We want to believe that it's possible that God could do a miracle, but that's for someone else. And I really don't need a miracle. How many have experienced a miracle in the last week? Raise your hand. A miracle in the last week. Okay. So I'll take yours. Mm -hmm. No, you're his. It's yours too. You're the lucky couple. You win a son back. So in the last year, how many months ago was that? A year ago. There was a big disagreement in their home. Their son was very mean and did some bad stuff and left. Wanted nothing to do with them. It happens. There is nothing like a parent having an estranged child. They prayed and I prayed and I decided I was just going to start contacting their son and telling him that your parents love you. And he wised up and went home for Mother's Day and brought a gift for you. If you know their story at all, they lost a daughter just a few years ago. And their hearts were already aching and empty. And God wants them to know, I got you. Mm -hmm. I got you. I got you both. I love you. And Dale was at men's Bible study, and he wasn't feeling well. And in the middle of the night, he had to have an emergency appendectomy. And when he woke up, guess who was there, right? His son. You and I give up too soon. You need to shake the earth right now by trusting God. We're always testing God. Read us a story. Please just read us a story. Give me a hug, God. Speak a word to me. God, you are talking right now. Thank you, Lord. I reverence you, but you use my mouth to tell these people, I love you. You can trust me. It's okay to cry, isn't it? They that sow in tears reap in joy. Don't you want to reap some joy? 
You need a miracle this morning. You've given up too soon. Don't give up. Your miracle might be right next to you. Your miracle might be today, God doing something to prove that he loves you because God is always unfailing in his love. There was a very unusual military funeral in California in December of 2013. Sergeant First Class Joseph Knatt, who fought in both World War II and the Korean War, was laid to rest. He had been captured in Korea in 1950 and died the following year, but his body was not found nor returned, and his death was never confirmed by the North Koreans. Yet, his wife, Clara, waited for decades for her husband to come home every day. In fact, she went so far as to have her whole property around her house landscaped so that he would not have to do anything when he got home. They could just celebrate together. And every day, day after day, until she was 93 years old, she waited for it to happen. And she said, he told me if anything happened to him, he wanted me to remarry. And she said, I told him, no, no. Here I am, still his wife, and I'm going to remain his wife until the day the Lord Jesus calls me home. That's what I call enduring love. Love never fails. Love never gives up. Love trusts that if you'll, even when you can't trace his hand, you'll trust his plan Because God always protects. He always trusts. He always hopes. And he always perseveres. Enduring love never fails. Steve Covey says this, trust is the glue of life. We want to trust. I can only picture going back in the Old Testament to where Joshua was supposed to take the people and conquer Jericho. And we always sing about, and the walls came tumbling down. But in order for the walls to come tumbling down, the people had to trust his plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Joshua had to be thinking to himself, what in the world am I going to do to bring the walls of Jericho down and go in and conquer the land? And I've been cheerleading to do this with the people, and now I don't know if I can do it. And God said, you get some pots and some trumpets instead of get some some weapons. He said, get some pots and some trumpets. That was the most stupid thing in the entire world. But the people had to trust that Joshua was in such contact with God that there was no other way but then to trust And the walls came tumbling down. Because when they couldn't figure out his plan, they couldn't figure it out. They could trust his motivation, his heart. Are you cursing God because something hasn't happened yet? Or are you going to be willing to trust what God says, have not I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Yes, trust is risky, but you could trust God because he always protects. He always is trustworthy. He is always worth continuing to hope for what you cannot see, and he would always want you to persevere because one day you're going to be walking up here saying, you're not going to believe this. 
My son came home. My daughter accepted Christ. My spouse accepted Christ. Ooh, God, you are good. Oh, my. It makes me want to dance. makes me want to shout. makes me want to sit and not pout. I'll be listening to music in the car, and I'll just start rapping. Josiah just looks at me like, Dad, come on, please. I'm just making stuff up when I'm going down the road, you know, and I'm just, and, and I could be the senior rapper. Right? I think it'd be kind of cool to have some senior rappers, right? Get old Bob Niemeyer up here rapping. Yeah. I'll get Nick to have Bob do a, a rap for us soon. The praise band is coming because I want to sing my other favorite song this year. You guys come right now. You know already this year you've had to trust God. You know that? You've had to trust God for something. I'm asking you, how many people in the room right now, this minute, have been praying about something very specific that has not happened yet. I want you to stand up. Not happened yet. Very, very specific. It is, you could actually nail it down. It's so specific. God, this is what I've been asking you for. You're going to believe God for this? Yes or no? You're going to believe God's going to do something powerful? He's going to answer your prayer. You can have a seat. That's a lot. Because just before we sing, I want you to close your eyes. God loves you. I'll say that again. God loves you. You need to receive that. I love you. I don't want you to be miserable. I want you to be happy. I want you to see a miracle. I'm going to help you to trust that I will perform this miracle so that you can give me glory. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to the word that God has for you. We pray that you go out into the world now and you live differently, you act differently, and you love differently.